0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join
1: us for critical conversations about things that matter.
0: Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855 AM on your dial.
1: And on 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au.
0: So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics,
1: politics,
0: education, health, climate,
1: and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 129th program of Think Again Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization that has been dedicated to social change for 24 years. I'm Jacques Boulet.
0: And I'm Jennifer Burrell again.
1: Today we're going back to our theme of relationality. And Think Again, Jennifer and I have often talked about the essential interconnectivity of all of life and living. In fact, The relationality of all that exists as worldly reality was the theme of our first program in June 2019, Mm -hmm. and we have returned to it in many of our programs since.
0: Yeah, and the idea of relationality does require some unpicking, given the way that we as Westerners are trained to think of everything as separate objects or things that interact in a I guess, a more or less simple way, rather than thinking of the world as interconnected processes, for example.
1: Yeah, and the relationality of everything is more than what we mean when we evoke the idea of relationships. Yeah. With the word relationship, we usually refer to special, interactional, transactional, intimate, often formalised ways of dealing with one another as humans. Mm -hmm. We may also talk about our relationship with nature along the entire spectrum of that relating from recreational or healing uh, and the role of nature in that as, you know, healing for us as, as a human to being owned by us, to being the object of our ecological activism. Relationality, however, refers to the fact that none of us humans and humans as a species really exist as separate and separate entities. Mm. As individuals, groups, communities, and as a species, we cannot be either before or after our relating.
0: Yeah. So the idea is that all, including humans, exist as part of a living web of inter- and intra-relating part of a living web, an interdependent, ongoing, dynamic flow of process. Yeah.
1: Mm, A flow of entanglement, as quantum philosopher Karen Barat came to call it.
0: Mm. And as I said, this really contrasts with the dominant Western worldview, that we can break everything into parts or compartments in order to really understand it.
1: Yes, and the Western way of defining the nature of our relationship with the other with things, and things is there the operative word. Such breaking up of our world into presumably independent, isolatable and individual parts has implications for the Western modus operandi of control and conquer, Mm -hmm. isolating, controlling and conquering other places, other peoples, and ultimately nature itself. Mm -hmm. Our Western understanding of our reality almost by definition, therefore sets us apart from what we try to understand. The word analysis, which is a word we often use when we describe our attempt to understand our reality and our personal or collective presence in the reality we call our world. Mm -hmm. The word analysis emerged in the late 16th century via medieval Latin from the Greek analysis, from analuing, or unloose, is the verb. Anna, which means away from or up, and luing, to loosen. And all of that, whilst the Germanic-derived word of understand, rather Germanic rather than Latin derivative, it indicates to stand between, etymologically, which requires us to be part of, which in some ways Shows how Western Enlightenment thinking has evolved via those who spoke Latin, and that was usually the philosophers and the early scientists. Mm -hmm.
0: So, you're talking about Enlightenment thinking like from the 1600s and 1700s?
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, that Enlightenment thinking that was separated itself from what was thinking, what the thinking was about. And we have fought for objectivity and I, quote, I put objectivity in quotation marks, ever since we became suspicious of subjectivity in our understanding of the world of which we were part. So you can go figure.
0: Yeah. So leaving all that etymology aside for a moment and all that really interesting study of the history of words um, and returning to the concept of relationality, I guess Jacques, we'd argue that all of this partly explains a lot of the feeling of alienation and isolation in our so-called advanced or developed Western societies Mm -hmm. as people feel disconnected, disconnected from their living world, from one another, and in the end, from who they are, from who they are as humans collectively and individually. And um, there are a lot of people writing and talking about this, uh, but being educated in the Western way, I, I think it does take a fundamental shift in perception or, or, a, or a metanoia, as they call it, uh, to take this in.
1: Yeah, and just to continue our play with language, uh, metanoia is a classical Greek word, meaning a deep and fundamental shift in one's way of the, seeing the world, a change of mind about or of perception of reality and of the world
0: sort of like the penny dropping but relating to the nature of life and existence itself and, and our place in it. Like when the penny mm. drops, when you suddenly realise something or yeah. or your the way you think is suddenly changed and you yeah, seeing the world in a whole different light.
1: Yeah, that's the way it is, yep, all the way. it's Yeah, it's sort of people talk variously about, about things like that. They say, you know, that... The, 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 experience it as a shock or they experience it as an epiphany or something like that.
0: Yeah, and, of course, religious people have picked it up talking about the vision on the road to Damascus and that sort of thing. So, anyway, this happened to me when I read a book by quantum theoretician and philosopher David Bohm. So that's B-O-H-M. When I read his book Wholeness and the Implicate Order and doing some of his mental exercises in that book to expand the mind, to look at reality in a different way, which which certainly worked with me. I know this book had the same effect on you, Jacques, as you told me about it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, it almost suddenly gave meaning to the dissertation. My, My doctoral thesis, I was just starting to write, in 1985 when i was studying in the united states and it's offered a framework or an argument for my for my work after i stumbled stumbled over the book in a bookshop in the us
0: yeah um, and I, yeah i understand for <laughs> you you read it in the bookshop because you could buy it it's a a student mm-hmm. anyway so metanoia can happen in different ways not just standing up in a bookshop reading a whole book <laughs> Um, perhaps through meditation or being in nature when boundaries uh, dissolve or, or even a poem, we'll see.
1: And, of course, First Nations, and they're often ignored, suppressed. Uh, their, their philosophies, which often were ignored and suppressed, they never lost the insight that we are all one in a dynamic interaction with others and with the natural world and indeed with the cosmos and that being. Part of nature requires respect and relational nurturing.
0: Relational, relational nurturing. Mm. And from my experience, you don't move towards this necessary shift in understanding or a metanoia from reading the executive summaries of mm. business or AGM reports or even from a lot of social research, though so there is still useful information there, of course.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't do the metanoia thing absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, do have a bit of a break and listen to Hallelujah 7 by Adam Simmons and Nick Tsiavos. and we continue after that. Mm-hmm.
0: Catch the podcast via the 3CR website or on your favourite podcast app. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3 cr Dot org.au. Today, we're talking about the need for a more relational understanding of the world to guide us and to stop a lot of the destruction we're doing as a so called civilization.
1: Mm. Let's have a bit of a fertile look into how we could invite listeners into a mind changing process or metanoia. After all, we call our program Think Again for a good reason. The latest edition of New Community which is also happening in partnership with the Borderlands Cooperative. In number 75, which we have been around for 20 years, meanwhile, there's some great articles on the theme we are just talking about, approaching it from different perspectives. The theme of the issue was proposed to be an investigation of the relationship between the personal and community, a relationship that... Many times is often seen as uh, you know, often as, as oppositional,
0: mm, like two different uh, things.
1: Or, that's right, or as tension laden. What I give to the community, I lose for myself. Think things like narcissism, selfishness versus social commitment, caring, reciprocity. And as you will remember, uh, as a regular listener, we have addressed these issues variously in our programs.
0: Mm. And we've just discussed before how uh, insights from quantum physics have moved some scientists to this worldview, the understanding of an interconnected dynamic reality where complex processes or connectivity actually define reality rather than separate objects interacting in a roughly linear fashion as we um, commonly think of reality. So... I guess it was interesting to read for me to read another article in the latest issue of New Community about how biologists are grappling with the problem of what is an individual, given that life is so interconnected and boundaries are so porous and permeable. Uh, the article is titled What is an Individual? Biology Seeks Clues in Information Theory. Its author, Jordana Cepelowicz, points out that nature has a sloppy disregard for boundaries despite our Western love of them, as we've been talking about. And, and really, what could an individual without a boundary be anyway? So she offers these examples Viruses relying on host cells to make a copy of themselves, bacteria sharing and swapping genes, and lichens being made up of fung- fungi and algae. So even humans contain at least as many bacterial cells as self-cells, with the microbes in our gut being apparently fundamentally linked with our development and our survival, Mm. So, and, and Shark, I would add to that, where does a human body stop and the air we breathe start anyway?
1: Exactly, exactly. Another article in the New Community by Aboriginal philosopher Auntie Mary Graham talks about human intertwinement with others and the living mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. It's titled Some Thoughts About the Philosophical Underpinnings of Aboriginal Worldviews. Auntie Mary Graham says, and I quote, The sacred web of connections includes not only kinship relations and relations to the land, but also relations to nature and all living things, unquote. This comes with and through an ethos of care and respect for nature, rather than being driven by selfish and alienated exploitation in the Western or modern way. And let's look at psychology. Again, Auntie Mary Graham explains that every Australian Aboriginal clan group has its own dreaming or explanation of existence. But what is common to all is that every person finds their individuality in the group.
0: Mm, I think that's
1: important. She says, and I quote again, to behave as if you are a discrete entity or a conscious isolate, is to limit yourself to being an observer in an observed world." Mm. Unquote, which pretty much describes the Western way of understanding, as, we, as I referred to it before. And it even explains the experimental or the empirical research methods which are so beloved in our academic establishments.
0: Yeah, and Jacques, going back to David Bohm, he begins his first chapter of Wholeness and the Implicate Order with this. So, quote, The title of this chapter is Fragmentation and Wholeness. It is especially important to consider this question today, for fragmentation is now very widespread, not only throughout society, but also in each individual and this is leading to a kind of general confusion of the mind, which creates an endless series of problems and interferes with our clarity of perception so seriously as to prevent us from being able to solve most of them. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, as Einstein already said, you can't solve the problems of the world by using the ways in which the world operates thus clearly identifying the malaise of our modern age and our commitment to development, growth, amongst other things we have been talking about in the course of our programs. And that brings us to something else from edition 75 of New Community, a poem called Embodiment Unlimited by Loris Ornado. It's worth reading out in full as it really expresses well what we have been trying to elaborate bit by bit in this program and in many of the previous ones.
0: Mm, Thanks, Jacques, and here I go. My brain and my heart divorced a decade ago over who was to blame about how big of a mess I have become. Eventually, they couldn't be in the same room with each other. And now, my head and heart Share custody of me. I stay with my brain during the week, and my heart gets me on weekends. They never speak to one another. Instead, they give me the same note to pass to each other every week. And their notes, and their notes they send to one another, always say the same thing This is all your fault. On Sundays, my heart complains about how my head has let me down in the past. And on Wednesday, my head lists all of the times my heart has screwed things up for me in the future. They blame each other for the state of my life. There's been a lot of yelling and crying, so lately I've been spending a lot of time with my gut who serves as my unofficial therapist. Most nights I sneak out of the window in my rib cage, and slide down my spine and collapse on my gut's plush leather chair that's always open for me. And I just sit, sit, sit until the sun comes up. Last evening, my gut asked me if I was having a hard time being caught between my heart and my head. I nodded. I said I didn't know if I could live with either of them anymore. My heart is always sad about something that happened yesterday while my head is always worried about something that may happen tomorrow, I lamented. My gut squeezed my hand. "'I just can't live with my mistakes of the past "'or my anxiety about the future,' I sighed. (sighs) "'My gut smiled and said, "'In that case, you should go stay with your lungs for a while.' "'I was confused. "'The look on my face gave it away. "'If you are exhausted about your heart's obsession "'with the fixed past,' and your mind's focus on the uncertain future, your lungs are the perfect place for you. There is no yesterday in your lungs. There is no tomorrow there either. There is only now. There is only inhale. There is only exhale. There is only this moment. There is only breath, and in that breath you can rest while your heart and head work their relationship out. This morning while my brain was busy reading tea leaves and while my heart was staring at old photographs, I packed a little bag and walked to the door of my lungs. Before I could even knock, she opened the door with a smile and as a gust of air embraced me, she said, What took you so long? stuff i hear you're breathing in and breathing out (laughs) shark
1: exactly (laughs) lovely stuff but uh, and so important to remember particularly also now where we go into a break hopefully a good break for all of us and for all of you listeners Uh, we do need a bit of a break after all of the stuff with covid and not covid and probably COVID and probably down and probably up.
0: And a little bit of COVID than... and, and a lot so. and a smaller amount of COVID. COVID. Exactly.
1: So have a good rest, visit your lungs, breathe in, breathe out. And if you do have the time and a little bit of resources, subscribe to the journal we have just been quoting. That would be nice because we, only, we can only survive because of the number of subscribers we have Mm -hmm. thanks for listening to think again and 3cr to 3cr community radio more generally if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program you can email borderlands at borders at borderlands.org.au our past programs are available on podcast and the 3CR website at 3CR.org.au and thanks again to Clive Bourne for recording, technical production, and music selection.
0: Meanwhile, stay tuned for more of the Beyond the Bar CD, continuing from last week. To bring us into this program, we have Milkumana by King Stingray. Hey, I got a message for you, you got a message for me, one day we'll come together and sit down by the fire.